48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. Dozens arrested as police raid gambling dens where free drugs were offered. A sedition case against online radio host Giggs is adjourned. The Chinese state news anchor with Australian nationality has formally been arrested. 81 people have been arrested following raids on more than a dozen gambling dens in Hong Kong on Hong Kong Island. Police believe the operators also offered free drugs to clients, including low-quality ice. Chief Inspector Chae Kwan says officers seized some gambling games, drugs and around $40,000 in cash. He says they're still trying to trace the remaining proceeds. We'll try to dig uh, out the account holder, the detail of the account holder and trace the account process. Uh, freezing the, the crime post is one of our options, but uh, we still need time to train because normally they will use some student account. Uh, when the money transferred to student account, they will transfer to other banks. So we need to trace the bank account, we need to trace the, the crime post. In the second layer, it takes some time. West Kowloon Court has adjourned an alleged hatred incitement case involving an online radio host because he's still in hospital. Wan Yu Singh, who's better known as Giggs, is facing four counts of hosting an online show intended to cause sedition against the central and Hong Kong governments. The 52-year-old is accused of committing the offences between August and October last year. Chief Magistrate Victor So, the designated National Security Magistrate, adjourned the case until Mr Wan was discharged from hospital. Australia's Foreign Minister Maurice Payne says an Australian news anchor for Chinese state television was formally arrested on Friday after disappearing from public view on the mainland and being detained last August. Canberra said Beijing authorities had notified them that Cheng Lei was accused of illegally supplying state secrets overseas. Microbiologist Hopak Learn has accused the government of wasting energy on ineffective lockdowns rather than targeting places with clear outbreaks such as construction sites, Damon Pang reports. The Hong Kong University scholar says it's been a month since infections emerged at the third runway project and other work sites. But officials had given little information about how the virus spread there and without this, a government proposal to regular test construction workers would be less effective. Dr Ho said the government should better manage its resources and conduct lockdowns where there are clear outbreaks instead of overnight lockdowns across the city when a single case appears in a building. He told an RTHK program that he expected the number of cases found in overnight lockdowns would remain low as the city is seeing fewer infections overall. So far, four preliminary coronavirus cases have been found in three residential blocks that were locked down overnight in Mong Kok, Quarry Bay and Hong Hom. Lockdowns ended between 6.30 and 7.30 this morning, with more than 2,300 people tested. The Elderly Services Association says it expects only a few dozen residents at elderly care homes will volunteer for the BioNTech COVID-19 jab over concerns about side effects. Association Chairman Chan Chi-yuk told a radio programme that the government would soon send invitations to those homes that were chosen in a pilot vaccination scheme. Exco member Lam Ching Choi earlier revealed that 10 larger care homes that house 100 residents each would be first to receive the BioNTech jab. Mr Chan said some family members of residents prefer jabs from other drug makers. West Kowloon Court has adjourned the case of radio host Wan Yu Sing, who's accused of seditious intent in breach of crimes ordinance. Mr Wan, known as Giggs, was sent to hospital after his arrest yesterday. 
Police have warned of a new kind of romance and investment scam with victims' losses last year totaling $85 million. Officers say con artists meet people online, form a relationship and persuade the victims to invest in dubious mobile phone apps controlled by the syndicates. Among the 181 cases last year, 80% of the victims were women. Alan Chu is a police chief inspector. They involve the element of investment or gambling. So uh, this is also their new MO to deceive those victims because some victims will receive some incomes or profit after investment. So uh, this is how the scammers ask the victim to pay more to invest into their, their plan. So uh, we do say that we are having an increasing trend. Police say they'll step up education and warn people to be careful when making friends online, especially when they're being asked to transfer money to other people's accounts. Services on the MTR's East Rail line were briefly disrupted at around noon following problems with one of the new nine-carriage trains. Services returned to normal after the train was moved to Shartin Station from Kowloon Tong. It's the first day of service for the new shorter trains, which are replacing the, twel- the old 12-carriage trains for most services. President Biden says there's no reason for the United States to be drawn into direct conflict with China. He told CBS Television both sides would engage in what he called an extreme competition. I've said to him all along that uh, we need not have a... Uh, 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 conflict, but there's going to be an extreme competition. And uh, I'm not going to do it the way that he knows this, because he's been sending signals as well, that I'm not going to do it the way Trump did. We're going to focus on international rules of the road. Mr. Biden said he'd not spoken to his Chinese counterpart since becoming president, and he'd not changed his stance towards Beijing. The top infectious diseases expert in the United States, Anthony Fauci, has indicated he's not in favour of delaying the second dose of the coronavirus vaccines currently available. Dr Fauci said the science wasn't clear on the issue and the available solid data related to the second jab has been administered either 21 or 28 days after the first. He said he believed it would become easier to administer both first and second doses within a specified timescale. If you look at the escalation of availability of doses purely on the ability of manufacturing that, it's going to escalate and will continue to escalate as we go from February to March to April and beyond. So even though there's a clear discrepancy between the demand and the supply, that will get better. South Africa is suspending its full rollout of the AstraZeneca vaccine after a study showed disappointing results against the local variant of coronavirus. The health minister, Zwili Mkize, said more research was needed into its effect. We are uncertain about the impact of the vaccine that it will have on hospitalization, severe diseases and death. This means is that some more work needs to be done on this issue. Mr Mkize said the Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer inoculations will be available in the next few weeks. He said there would be a stepped rollout of each vaccine to around 100,000 health workers. Last week, South Africa received a million doses of the AstraZeneca jab and had been due to begin vaccinating people next week. Hungary says its health authorities have approved the Russian-made Sputnik V coronavirus vaccine following the completion of tests. 
It will be the first European Union country to use the jab. Its manufacturer has not yet applied for approval by the EU's medicine regulator. But Cecilia Muller, head of the National Public Health Centre, or NNK, said she was pleased with the results. NNK has finalised the examination of the Sputnik vaccine and it has given good results. Therefore, the vaccines available up to now and which have been given a green light are effective, efficient and safe. The expected quantity of Sputnik vaccines is enough for the vaccination of one million people. So far, Hungary has received 40,000 doses of Sputnik V, part of a larger order of 2 million. President Biden says Washington won't lift sanctions on Iran in order to revive negotiations with Tehran over how to restore the nuclear deal, from which the U.S. withdrew under President Donald Trump. Officials in the new U.S. administration have made clear that Iran must resume full compliance with the 2015 deal before the U.S. will rejoin the agreement. Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah al-Khamenei, says Tehran will only return to compliance if the U.S. first lifts economic sanctions imposed by the Trump administration. The EU's foreign policy chief, Josep Borrell, says his recent visit to Moscow confirmed that the EU and Russia are drifting apart, warning that Europe stood at a crossroads in terms of how to respond. Here's the BBC's Danny Eberhard. Josep Borrell has faced fierce criticism from some EU politicians over his trip. Some saw it as a humiliation. He was actually meeting the Russian Foreign Minister, Sergei Lavrov, while the country's jailed opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, was in court. Then Russia announced it was expelling three diplomats from EU countries for attending pro-Navalny rallies. He castigated Russia's actions, saying it showed that Moscow did not want more constructive dialogue. He again raised the prospect of sanctions. The former US statesman George Shultz has died at the age of 100. Mr Shultz served as Secretary of State under President Reagan in the 1980s and was instrumental in negotiating the first nuclear disarmament treaties with the Soviet Union, a process which eventually led to the end of the Cold War. He also devoted much time to trying to resolve the Arab-Israeli conflict, but with less success. BBC's Paul Adams looks back on his life. George Shultz served three American presidents in three different departments, gaining a reputation as the man for all portfolios. He was an economic advisor to President Eisenhower. Richard Nixon appointed him Secretary of Labour and then Treasury Secretary before the two men fell out during the Watergate scandal. And in 1982, Ronald Reagan made him Secretary of State, where his quiet, low-key approach contrasted with the President's tough rhetoric. Reagan trusted him absolutely. George Shultz helped negotiate a nuclear arms reduction treaty with the Soviet Union. Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison has dismissed as speculative reports that a Chinese company plans to build a new industrial island city near Australia's sea border with Papua New Guinea. Australian media have reported that Hong Kong registered WYW Holding will build a multi-billion dollar city that includes a seaport and industrial area on Daru Island in the Torres Strait, citing letters between the company and the PNG government. Mr Morrison said he couldn't see Papua New Guinea being terribly hasty on anything like that. The office of the PNG Prime Minister said it wasn't aware of the proposal, but the government wouldn't turn away foreign investment that complied with local laws. Finance a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,481. That's 192 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $108 billion. 
currencies, the US dollar is trading at 105.47 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 20 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 64 cents. Sport and American football and Tom Brady threw three touchdowns as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers thumped the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9 to win the Super Bowl, giving the 43-year-old quarterback a record-extending seventh championship ring. Mike Weeks has more. In the opening half, it was the Brady and Rob Gronkowski show as the former New England Patriots hooked up on 8- and 17-yard touchdowns. Brady also made the Chiefs pay dearly for some undisciplined play, connecting with Antonio Brown for a touchdown strike with six seconds left in the half after pass interference and unsportsmanlike penalties put the ball on the Chiefs' one-yard line. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' explosive attack could not get in gear, with scoring limited to a pair of Harrison Butker field goals to go into the intermission, 21-6 down. The Chiefs struck first in the second half as Butker booted another goal, but the Buccaneers hit back with a Leonard Fournette 27-yard touchdown run and a Ryan Suckup field goal to cruise to the 31-9 win. Brady's age-defying performance, which earned him the Most Valuable Player Award, brought the curtain down on what was perhaps the most challenging season for the NFL amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Attendance at the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa was limited to 25,000 spectators, sprinkled among some 30,000 cardboard cutouts. Manchester City took a potentially decisive hold on the Premier League title race as they thrashed Liverpool 4-1 at Anfield, helped by a nightmare display from the champions goalkeeper Alisson. City's solid win, the first at Anfield since 2003, and Pep Guardiola's first away to Liverpool as manager, was achieved with such ease that they were able to recover from Gundogan's first half penalty miss. Here's the BBC's John Morey. It's still early February, but this had the feel of a knockout blow to the champions as Manchester City opened a 10-point gap between themselves and their closest rivals in recent seasons. It was goalless at half-time, but City should have been in front. Gundogan hit a penalty into the cop shortly before the break. His and City's response to that was for Gundogan to twice shoot his side in front, either side of a Salah penalty equaliser. Liverpool goalkeeper Alisson's poor passes led to City's second and their third goal, headed in by Sterling, and a stunning fourth goal from the outstanding Foden wrapped up their first win at Anfield for 18 years. And to end the news, the top story once again dozens arrested as police raid gambling dens where free drugs were offered. And that's the news from RTHK. The government provides public COVID-19 testing services through different channels. Those without symptoms but feel they have a higher risk of exposure can visit designated public clinics or other distribution points to obtain free test kits. Those having compulsory tests can visit community testing centers for free testing. The centers also provide self-paid services to those needing test reports for personal use. If feeling ill, see a doctor promptly and don't go elsewhere. The Community Care Fund has launched the Living Subsidy Program for eligible non-public housing and non-CSSA low-income households to relieve their financial pressure. Applications are being handled in phases. Two-person households can submit applications from now until the 31st of May. Old applicant households should reply to confirm eligibility after receiving letters. For details, please visit the Community Care Fund website or call 2180-6666.
So oh. 